You're listening to the Multifamily Innovation Show with Patrick Antrim, your source for innovative strategies for multifamily professionals, CEOs, executive leaders, and aspiring leaders that want to drive high-performance results for their property or portfolio. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Multifamily Innovation Podcast. Today, we're going to be sharing a little bit about the Multifamily Innovation Council meeting we have every Friday. If you're an owner and a manager, you own and operate properties, multifamily, you want to learn a little bit more about what the Multifamily Innovation Council is all about, just go to multifamilyinnovation.com, click on Council. All the information is on that page. Today, I'm going to give back a feedback loop, a little debrief from this conversation that we had today. The topic today was, you know, the biggest obstacles to a healthy cash flow for apartment operators. Now, as, as an asset manager and owner of properties, a lot has to go into play to make debt service and, and the impact that you want to make in your communities and the assumptions that you laid out for investors long before you acquired the property. And what, what I would tell my teams as I was running these portfolios is I would tell, I would just try and keep things simple, right? So it was like, generate the rents, collect the rents, lead the teams. Literally, that's all you have to do. And you know, we, we as owners and operators, we train on hospitality. We want people to make the residents happy. We want a great customer service. We want retention. And we want to, we want to have a great brand. And so what happens is life happens to residents and we got collections that happen. And People are not really trained on how how to collect, and the teams aren't necessarily perhaps hired for these skills, or they're not trained for these skills. And you you add in the idea of look, people aren't answering calls anymore, and then you have collections that go to outsourced companies, and the time value of that money, and then fighting all the the issues around courts and and the costs and expense to not only have transparency in the process but also administer it. And so our teams being trained in hospitality, we, we attempt to collect rent and we do that. And, and as I told the council this morning on the call, I said, the way it works is people have sort of like, if you could imagine like a, I guess a bell curve or a chart where when somebody goes past due, they may be willing to pay, but don't have the ability to pay. And this, this tends to happen around the first 90 days. So you're, you're saying, rent's due, here's the legal notices, pay your rent or else. And they want to pay, but they don't have the ability to pay. So maybe the son got a broken arm and they prioritize that over another. Maybe uh, they lost a job. Maybe there's a divorce going on. There's a life event. Who knows what's going on? Layoffs are occurring. And these things are happening. And so between this 90-day period they perhaps want to pay, but they can't. And that's where collections occur. And so what we do is we try and collect. And then guess what? After the 90 days, what do we do? We throw it out to a third-party service or a collection agency, and we structure terms for them to collect it. And things change in terms of what they can do versus what you can do as first-party and third-party data. And now it's time to collect. And after 90 days, sometimes people are doing old things to get people to pay past due balances 
And you're talking about that maybe they moved out and skipped and you have this collection balance. I'm not talking about the court process here. I'm talking about maybe it's after the court process, whatever that may be. But now you have somebody owes you money. And the reality is after about 90 days, you've left messages, you sent demand letter, demand letter, demand letter, even a third party organization is doing this. Now the person has a more their, their ability to pay goes back to normal. Maybe they re- secured a job, they moved through the divorce, they, they borrowed some money, whatever that may be. And now they have the ability to pay and, and we sort of give up on old, older debt. It's kind of just like a collection agency. The longer the debt is due, the, the less valuable it is. And so, but their ability to pay probably went up during that time. And that's sometimes found money if you can figure these strategies out. And so we, we presented some of these things to the council. What, what technology are they using to collect? What's, how, how are they going about that? How does reputation play out in this collection process in the community? So we're not minimizing any negative impact to reviews and things like that. But we had a council member share something really fascinating. And it, it went both ways. And we had, we had what I said, I was, I've been called cold and calculating because I was like, hey, your rent's due on the first, consider late on the second, it's due. We had a council member on one end saying, you know, how we had uh, li- this, this business is really about, you know, an agreement, right? We, we give you their property, the portfolio or your unit, and you do your part and share in paying that or sharing that agreement by paying your rent. That's as simple as it can be. It's black and white. It's absolute. And how do you manage to that? And then you have one of the council members I thought was really interesting in what they shared. They talked about the the emotional impact of your customers as they encounter something like this and also your employees, right? Is that people, when they owe money to us as a property owner, third-party manager, they, they may be embarrassed, right? They may be panicking. What's going to happen? They may be, if with the lack of information or details, they start filling it in with the worst case scenario. So they're panicking. They may be embarrassed. They don't really know really how to work through these things. And there's a lot of, you know, negative energy. And they mentioned in the meeting around like jujitsu, using this negative energy that maybe a customer is going through and use it in a positive way. And one of the ways that he said to do this was really fascinating. He said, kind of, you're, you're approaching avoidance on the front end. So in your lease structure, we, we get excited talking about the amenities, the properties, the lease, all that stuff. But the move-in day is probably the most important when you're explaining sort of the, how things go here, right? Like rules, where you get your mail, where Amazon comes, all that stuff. But really getting out in front of the, not just the lease, but really getting them prepared for any upfront issues. And what he mentioned was this sort of get out of jail free card, which was forgiveness of a late fee. And you decide, maybe it's I don't know, half off rent or a week free, whatever you decide what that is, but essentially structure on, on the front end that will essentially hold them accountable to understanding like, listen, if, if something occurs in your financial life, there are options for you. 
But on the front end, putting incentives in place where they they protect this sort of situation. So you're increasing the value of the lease. Like down the street, that's not available. Here, if something happens to you, this 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 legal agreement has an, a line item in it that allows for a customer to use it as one free waiving of a late fee, whatever that may be. And by the way, this is not any legal advice. Talk to your attorneys. I'm not asked, telling you how to stru- structure leases. I'm not giving investment advice, any of that stuff. But this is just really a, uh, dealing with the emotional impact that somebody may be going through while they're in a collection situation during during ten the residency, but also giving them some you're giving yourself a competitive advantage to to reward and focus on becoming a priority vendor. And and here's what was interesting in the way that he told the story. He said that doing this allowed the customers, when they ran into a problem, knowing they had this one deal, this sort of one get-out-of-jail-free card, that when a stressor entered their world, they decided, Oh, I'm not using that because they're forecasting out in advance, like, oh, well, what if I know something may happen in the future? And they did whatever they needed to do to protect that opportunity. And so it's it's really interesting on use that if you like. Uh, love to hear some comments. You can message me on LinkedIn or at Patrick Antrim on, on Instagram, wherever you, you find me. But I'd love to hear your feedback to if you think that could be something useful. And so you're getting out in front of the big issues up front, and then you're letting them know that you're giving them an opportunity that probably others aren't. And when they're given that opportunity, they will protect that and hold on to that and probably not even use it because they, they want to know that psychologically that they have that in the future. It's like a safety net for them. thought that was really interesting. And another thing that came up through this thing is this is a leader that is do, has done great things all the way through the cycles and all the way through the investment cycle, right, on the exit and, and now helping others exit at, at large scales. And so they mentioned that they had a scenario in a marketplace where there were significant events that had occurred. And what I mean by this is you hear in the news that certain company laid off a bunch of people. Maybe there was a, a factory shutdown or, or just some scenario where it's on the news and all these, this group of people are impacted by this, this sudden layoff or this sudden surprise, right? And so what they did is they looked at their profile and they're like, well, how, who, who in our property it works at this, at this community or at, the, at this employer? And what they did was they were proactive they reached out to this company and were able to offer, hey, listen, heard about the news, this is going on, and if this is impacting you and you live here, here is what we are willing to do for you. If you come in now, re-sign a 12-month lease, get them on a new lease, right? That's the whole idea. And We'll we'll give you some incentive up front. So you could either choose to have 
30 days free, 60 days free, whatever you decide as, as that sort of, it's, it's treating it like a, a new lease up. So you're structuring your lease of, these are probably good payers, right? So you're now giving them an opportunity to provide some emotional understanding like, oh, wow, this company just gave me an opportunity to meet my needs. Also, they may be like in the emotional state, embarrassed. They may be anticipating, panicking, wonder how are we going to pay our rent, all that stuff. And so all of a sudden they get this call from property owner and the property owner is saying, hey, listen, come in. I know you're on a lease and you're midstream on that lease. Come in, sign a new 12-month lease. Here's what we're willing to do for you and, and structure a new lease. And those are the, the types of things you need to de- determine independently and with, with your attorneys and with your own independent financial advice and all that stuff. Uh, I'm not here to give you any advice on that, but I thought that was very interesting in how they were proactive in that. What they went on to say is that collections is emotional and just being a hammer is not the best way to do it. And they got great results by doing these types of things. And figuring out, I guess, what problem people are really trying to solve and helping them solve it. And, and, and people, when, when you support them in that way, they will stay for life if that works out for them. And they'll leave people that just hammer them, right, with rent is due and, and that type of thing. And, and so it's really interesting. Now, we lean into some follow-up to that discussion and some banter back and forth within the group. And we came back to really the, the impact to how apartment owners are viewed in the world, right? Like we're, we're not really good in the PR world to share the impact of who we take care of real estate for, how all this works, and the credit for doing really interesting and creative things like that to help communities. And so, but what we leaned back into was when your employer does something like that, what is, what signal does that send to the employees? You know, how many conversations, if there were 600 employees, go back to their kitchen table at dinner and say, here's what my, my company did today. Isn't that cool? And how does that emotionally impact the business, right? And so the, the formula for for this process is understanding the emotional part of collections. And when we say obstacles to your cash flow, it's one thing to generate the rents, but if you can't collect it, it's, 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 it's even worse than being vacant because you have the expense of it. You have to administer it. You have to report on it. You got you know, everybody worried about the process on both ends. You have the impact to just all of the, all of the negative, negative, steps that go through just working through those processes. So really the brands, the brand is important as much as anything else. And then we, we had some discussions also on the flip side of that, which was it's, it's, it's a duty, it's an obligation, and it's a responsibility to collect that rent. And it's an agreement is agreement. And, and I mentioned in the meeting, there's no difference between a small agreement, and a big agreement. And collecting that rent is is entirely the responsibility of that property manager. And then we went into a little bit about like, how do we train people on these steps? We, we want them to be customer service, but there's not really a, an opportunity for companies to, well, 
I don't want to say there's not an opportunity. There's not really a focus on this financial understanding at every level of the business. So we had a couple council members chime in around what they're doing to get people away from sort of like occupancy centric and more financial centric and and educated that they're running $8 million to $100 million assets. And so they had even cap rate lessons in, in early on in the careers, really exchanging the value of you're working on something more important here than you probably think, and really clarifying who they're managing for. That investors uh, could be teachers and firefighters or first responders or other people that, that capitalize these investments and communicating the value of that to even leasing agents on, on early days of their career and, and giving people the opportunity to understand the financial impact of these decisions and, and, and sort of getting them to level up and expect more for their company and also the company to level up and expect more from their employees in this process. So it, just some really great things that we were, we were sharing uh, in this meeting. Um, if you were to ask, and, and this would be a great question that came out of, out of this discussion is, ask your regional managers, ask your property managers, in fact, ask everybody that you work for to define success and, and, and pay attention to how they define it. Is it activity related? Is it occupancy related? Is it financial related? And so there's an opportunity to really help people understand the education here and, and, and teach people more of the financial picture early on in their careers. And essentially putting it, what, what ends up happening in this discussion, it was like, we're putting a premium saying like, if you invest in yourself and if you do know these things, then we're putting a premium on those skills. And we just incentivized, even in the collection process, how to get employees motivated about these things. And so on and on, we went around the idea of people coming together. One of the key things that I thought was interesting was moving the date that sort of these collection bonuses were earned, just moving them earlier in the timeline so people can be more preventative. Looking at the late payers, all right, let's pull the late payers. Let's get out in front of them. Hey, it's this, it's this date. You haven't... Uh, made a payment, called him. Did you forget about us? Hey, listen, here's a notice. By the way, pay the rent because we don't want to charge you a late fee. That's not what we want to do here. Just make sure your rent's in. And by the way, here's where to pay it. And then by the time the fourth comes, I mean, on an absolute, and it is like no later than that notice comes, which is more of the legal notice and it starts that whole process. We shifted around, around how many people don't pay with credit cards or debit cards or digital payments that we still are processing checks. And to, to, to big surprise, this is still a process. And we, we talked a little bit about the shifting, how they pay. Is it all at the first of the month and the, the challenges with cities? And if, you've, if you have a collection that someone's got a legal notice and they're, the, the legal process has started, the impact of taking partial payments and those types of things, and and that was a big issue in the discussion. This call, like how do you 
how, how, how do you allow for companies to satisfy their debts in a flex, flexible way? Do, do we offer flexible payment options? Do we allow for companies to, or do we allow people to pay rent incrementally as they get money? Do we allow that to go into an escrow account? So then that cannot impact the thresholds in order to collect a full payment. So you're not stopping and starting the legal process over and over. Really interesting there is we talked about the auto industry, around the auto industry, how back in the day you would own a car and own it for a long, long time. You could repair them and everybody knew how to work on cars. Then leasing came and there was a certain profile of professionals that understood the tax advantages and leased cars. And then today, it's as if uh, nobody drives old cars. And so they don't want to drive them beyond warranty periods. And so everybody has a car payment and they're, they're just not buying and financing cars and owning them for 10 years and, and enjoying a five-year period of no, no payment uh, on their car and having sort of that equity feeling of, of that vehicle. In fact, in many cases, it's uh, putting them into even more financial risk because of repairs and, and those types of things. And so when you looked at like what Porsche is doing around subscription and having just a monthly car payment with the ability to swap out cars and reinventing the way customers are paying is really fascinating in, in how we, we talked about this. There were some really positive discussions around impacting the brand for multifamily, around how companies can come together in certain local areas to get together with some relief efforts when customers come through this, this situation in their life and add, a, add an opportunity to support a nonprofit to um, support customers that are have the ability to pay or don't have the ability to pay, but are doing all the right things to, to make the world go around. So with that, I invite you to come to multifamilyinnovation.com, click on council and we're having these really healthy conversations with peer-to-peer with owners and operators. We're talking about all the things that are improving the business, making them more profitable, and creating a digital, intelligent business. And spending time with some of the most forward-thinking owners and operators is what I enjoy most uh, about my week. And the community is uh, organic. It's it, We don't do any real marketing to promote this but we spend time with some really interesting thought leaders that um, have stepped up and have leveled up their game because ultimately the competitive advantage is talent and talent is our last opportunity to really re-envision the business, especially as we go in through the world of AI and knowing like there's never been a great time to be a human. There's never been a better time to understand the financial impact of the business. There's never been a better time to take a business from one level, increase the levels of productivity and make the business better. So with that, I'm going to sign off. If you've enjoyed this episode, go ahead and just either subscribe, rate, or review it. Or if you'd like, send me a message. I'd love to learn what your takeaway, what your thoughts were from this session. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the Multifamily Innovation Show. For show notes and other resources, visit multifamilyinnovation.com.